Hey everybody, welcome back. It's me, the Mad Chatter, and it's the Fantasy Madness Podcast. Sorry, sorry. Welcome back. Welcome back. Apologies. The boys this morning, I was doing a little Mario chat with them. I like to, uh, I like to do a little dance and song when I bring them to breakfast in the morning. Just a little shimmy here, shimmy there, maybe a little song. They like when I just make up songs. Just make up random songs and start singing about whatever the hell I'm doing or whatever the hell they're doing. The boys seem to enjoy that a lot. They do. And I just carried over the Mario talk into the pod. So this is what we're doing. It's Friday. Welcome, everybody. It's a good Friday. Nice outside here in uh, the Denver, Colorado area. A lot of stuff's going on in the world. A lot of stuff's going on. But what's going on in your world? Have you had a good week? Mine's been not too terrible. Kind of a lazy one. Had a bit of a busy day yesterday. But other than that, just doing some writing, hanging out with the fam, getting some stuff's done around the house. I took a step back into my teenage years because I decided to get a blacklight and a couple blacklight posters. The wife and I were sitting around smoking one night and just chatting. And I got on the eBay and I started looking around and I was like, well, none of this stuff is very expensive at all now, is it? Remember back in the day. So I got just, now I ordered this really cool, awesome black light. But then I got just a regular normal one, you know, like if you remember being a teenager, I'm 37. Don't know about y'all. But when I was 16, 17, so 20 years ago, <laughs> In the 90s, I had a room in my dad's basement, and this was after my parents got divorced. I moved to Iowa, had a basement, or had a room in my dad's basement, and you go down there, and I had a blanket hanging up to kind of cordon off the area, my chill area, and I had alien curtain beads just hanging down in the doorway. They were black light. And then you walk in and I have just BAM posters everywhere, black light posters, like four black lights. It was the most awesome chill place. My brother and I would just smoke and listen to music. We were big fans of The Simpsons. We'd get nice and ripped, listen to some System of a Down and go upstairs and watch The Simpsons and pig out. It was good times. But we were talking and I was just kind of like, me and the wife were talking. And I was like, man, you know what? It would be nice to get... Some black lights and have a black light poster again. Just especially where you know we're smoking all the time. That's what the black lights are for. For when you're smoking. Because they look amazing <laughs> and trippy and whatnot. So got a couple of black light posters and a black light. And very much feels like I'm back in the 90s as a teenager. <laughs> so we might have to get uh, a lava lamp too, just to throw in there, and maybe a couple of tapestries. <laughs> just stepping right into it. Hey, why not? Why the hell not? We talked about going fishing. Because uh, we've, we've, we've had, we have a lot of stuff that we never seem to use. Because we're always so busy. We always got shit going on. And stuff always sounds like a good idea. Like, let's get a tent so we can go camping sometime. Or let's buy this, you know, kids pool table thingy at the garage sale. And then we'll have a mini pool table. Just, we get the stuff and we want to do it, but we never have the time. So we've had fishing poles for a few years now. We've not been fishing once. A couple of years ago, when we were still living in Iowa, we actually got a fishing license. 
And what a waste of money. Because <laughs> we didn't use it once. So we were like, okay, we're going to get into the fishing. We bought another fishing license. The wife took the three-year-old and went to do a little scouting, a little investigating at this particular lake near the house and, you know, looking for a good fishing spot. And it just, she just came away from the lake with the, with the, um, with the feeling that it's maybe a little bit early to try and take the three-year-old fishing and just a lot of people trying to get out there and fish, not socially distance, not wear masks. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to hang out on fishing. We're going to try and keep looking for a good, more secluded fishing spot. I'm sure I should get on, I could get on Reddit. I'm sure there's something on Reddit like Denver fishing holes or something. There's everything on Reddit. Anyway. Anyway. So that's kind of what my week's been up to. Speaking of the COVID, that's still raging all over the place, right? Florida, Arizona, Texas, California. Just a lot, a lot of stuff going on with the COVID. And still lots of people that I don't understand the politicizing of the mask. Like, it's pretty simple. Yeah, the mask is an surefire way to keep you from getting the virus, but it does help. I, I just don't, I don't understand the mentality of some people. But it's likely just stupid, ignorant, wasteful people that just are blindly following the president's lead. Seems what it's like to me. Speaking, speaking of Trump, he had the uh, a terrible rally in Tulsa. Then he goes to Arizona and he... <laughs> My favorite thing from all of that, because it, by all appearances, another failed rally. But my favorite thing of the all, all of that was when he's like, what's the, he's, you know, going around being an asshole, calling it the Kung Flu virus and shit like that. And he's like, I got a bunch of names for it. But what's the 19 for? What's the 19? 19. Why is it there 19 name? It's just fucking idiot. Like anybody, anybody can get on Google and look up. And see how they name viruses. Okay, so COVID is CO, Corona. Then there's the virus. I don't remember. I think disease. I'm just the D. I don't remember. And then the 19 is the year that it showed up, that it appeared. I, I, it's pretty easy. Like, I didn't exactly know. And then, I mean, even if you look at the name, you can kind of figure it out. If you have a brain in your fucking skull. <laughs> what's the 19 and I love all the Trump supporters oh he's just kidding he's just kidding the dude said himself he don't kid so you could sit there and go when he's like yeah we yeah less le, if we test less we'll have less cases that's the dumbest shit we've ever heard and all the Trump people are like he was just kidding a reporter asked him if he was kidding he said I don't kid you guys are fucking idiots <laughs> With the nerve to call the rest of us sheep when you just blindly follow this guy who clearly knows nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it, it, I, 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 <sighs> like, I laugh, but it's also terrifying. There's still, I mean, I mean, the numbers are dwindling as far as his supporters go, but there's still way too many of them out there believing in his shit and following him. And it's crazy. 
I digress. If you want to hear more of my feelings and thoughts about all that stuff, check out my other podcast at Miss Oh, but, but Miscellaneous Debris on the Twitters. You can find all my content at RMK Madness. And of course, if you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you'll be able to find the Miscellaneous Debris and Fantasy Madness podcast there as well. So, yes, 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 yes. Let, well, you know, now that I've rambled a bit and uh, did my fair share of bitching about Trump, which for me is kind of a daily thing <laughs> nowadays because, uh, let's just face it, he has fucked this country up. <laughs> and I chuckle again, but it's also terrifying. <laughs> but you got, you got to try and take this light. Like, it's, it, to me, it's, it, it's comical because... Oh, that little dude. You can just hear him. That The kids are having fun. They're going to have to chill out a little bit if I'm going to keep recording. <laughs> but I'm serious. You, you look at this, and it, it, it's just he's totally... I, again, I digress. Let's just get into the news. Let's just get into the news. News time. News time. Not a lot of news, but news time nonetheless. Brady's still getting in some work. I think it's pissing some other teams off because I know there's some teams that aren't doing a whole lot of stuffs right now and, and Brady's out there like, fuck y'all, I don't care. I'm getting to work. <laughs> COVID be damned. Rules be damned. I'm working with my team. And he is, which is good news for Chris Godwin and some of the other players. And I love me some Chris Godwin. And some people, it just blows my mind. For example... That DeAndre Hopkins is being drafted ahead of Chris Godwin. And I understand Hopkins got traded to the Cardinals, a great offense, but they also have other weapons. You gotta think, DeAndre Hopkins in Houston, he was the main guy. They drafted Will Fuller to be that number two, but he's been injured a lot. Has he gotten some work? Yeah, but it's been largely the you know, DeAndre Hopkins show in Washington, and now that he's in Arizona, he doesn't have to shoulder all of that weight. I think Chris Godwin's going to easily, easily outscore DeAndre Hopkins this year. Especially if he's sitting there getting in sync with Brady already. Because Godwin's a hell of a receiver. And you know how Brady is. And he likes that timing and this and that. Godwin is the perfect receiver for Tom Brady. Now, I don't think, personally, that Tom Brady has all that much left. But while he's still got a little bit left, he's got Chris Godwin. And that's amazing, if you ask me. There's also been multiple teams that are interested in Kaepernick, is what people are coming out. We already heard the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, said they would definitely try and work him out. He's a fit for the team. And according to other people, there's other coaches interested. And, but here's the thing. If they are... Apparently, no one's reached out to Kaepernick because Kaepernick hasn't hear, heard shit from anybody. So I don't know if this is a lot of, uh, you know, just fronting, putting it up there like, hey, we're trying and nothing's ever going to come for it. Or is there legitimate interest in Kaepernick? I would think this time around there has to be because you sign Kaepernick and automatically, boom. I mean, you can hear... Florio, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk discussed this. The idea that jersey sales, things like that. I mean, can you imagine? Kaepernick signs with the Chargers. 
there's going to be a lot of Kaepernick jersey, jar, Charger jerseys being sold. So there's a financial aspect to this, too. There's also everything going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and how he's such a, a key piece in all of this and how if you're the team to sign him, what kind of press and all of that that brings. I mean, I just think, yeah, there's some negative maybe and some distraction with signing him, but there's also a lot of positive to it as well. And so I kind of feel like that's really where this is all at with the Kaepernick thing. And we'll see where it goes. I do believe there's probably some interested, but obviously not interested enough to actually contact him and bring him in. <laughs> uh, the Hall of Fame game is canceled, which I don't think is any surprise. I don't think any of us really expect to get uh, much preseason football. We'll see what happens. But uh, I don't even know how they're going to... I mean, there's sports in general, man. Like, baseball says it's on its way back, right? But the other teams? I mean, we can discuss that a little bit later. But it's, it's just... It's a crazy time right now. Nothing is for sure. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get uh, most of or all of the preseason canceled. So the Hall of Fame game being canceled, not a big surprise. But they still say, Goodell does uh, in the NFL, that training camps will open on time. So, hmm. We'll see, we'll see how that goes, because that's going to be key right there, is when training camps do open, you know, yeah, they're going to have guidelines and stuff, but how, how much can you actually, because at some point you have to get on the field, and when you're on the field, there's no way at all to socially distance, so... You know, they're supposed to be coming up with these new helmets that have the capabilities of, you know, the COVID mask and just certain technologies so that, you know, if anything, that they can keep each other from, you know, getting mouth droplets everywhere. <laughs> because that's the big thing is the like with the mask, like, no, it's not 100 percent effective. But there was even I, I saw on was Reddit, Twitter, somewhere. Maybe the wife showed me. But a video of a, of a microbiologist who's like, here, look, I'm going to put on the mask and I'm going to cough into a Petri dish and then I'm going to take off the mask and cough into another Petri dish. Then we're going to leave these for a day and we're going to come back and check them. Uh, yeah, guess what? The one where he was wearing the mask, you could see nothing in the Petri dish. The one where he took the mask off and coughed, you could see bits of fucking shit growing. And the point being is, is it going to stop it? No. But the mask will keep the droplets from going anywhere. Because the biggest thing, and they've said this from the beginning, the biggest thing is that you're trying to keep that stuff from getting to other people in case you have it. It's not necessarily going to keep you from getting it. You're trying to prevent others from getting it. And for all the people that are like, oh, the mask, they used to say masks were no big deal. Like, you do understand this is a virus, and it changed constantly, and we don't because it mutates, and we also didn't know that much about it in the first fucking place because it's a new goddamn virus. And as information comes in, you have to change your stance on things because the new information brings to light certain things, and you may have to alter your view. That's how science works. God! <laughs> fucking people. Anyway. <sighs> COVID's a huge part of the world right now. We'll see how it plays out in football and sports all around. We'll see. We'll see. But we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Take a quick break. And then we're going to come back, get into uh, the madness. I've got some quarterback discussion coming for you all. So that's what we're going to do in the madness. 
and we'll be right back with that. Oh, welcome to the madness. That's right, that's right, that's right. <sighs> oh, damn, I didn't wash my hands. They still... They still smell like the marijuanas. Got this Got this good stuff going on right now. It's it's quite yummy. And uh, I can still smell it on my fingers because I didn't wash my hands. In this day and age, you got to wash your hands, bro. Bros and chicks. And I didn't. That's all right. They just touched the weed, so I should be good. I should be good. But anyway, we're in the madness. Going to do a little QB discussion. I've got an article coming out on playerprofiler.com discussing this very same thing. So there's kind of an expansion on that. A, 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 a listen along, if you will. I always seem to forget the right words to use. What's the word I'm looking for? Accompanying. It's accompanying my article. That's a good word to use. There we go. We'll do that, right? Sure. Why not? So drafting quarterbacks has gotten interesting for a couple of reasons. One, well, Superflex is becoming, you know, kind of the main league. Like you see how fantasy football evolves, right? Used to be standard, redraft is the thing. Then you get into the dynasty leagues and you get all these things that start becoming more and more of the norm. And it's pretty interesting how it all works. Very interesting. So now you see things like Superflex, third round reversal are starting to become much more common and more of the norm than, you know, just unique ways to go about things. And so I think the next, one of the next evolutions of fantasy football is quarterbacks in general. Because if you, if you think about it, nowadays, you have more and more of these mo- mobile quarterbacks, okay, that can scramble, that can give you rush yards, that can get out of the pocket and extend plays for the other offensive weapons. I mean, they really do give you a hell of an advantage, you know, they really do. And I mean, just think about it, they're more exciting to watch, there's just, there's a lot to this with the, you know, the mobile quarterbacks. And so I kind of looked at that, and, and you notice that last year, the top five quarterbacks, you had Lamar, Dak, Jameis, and then you had Deshaun, who was the other one, who was the other one, who was the fourth one, I can't think of it. But the point is, you got all these rushing quarterbacks. No, Mahomes wasn't in there. He was a little bit further down. Remember, he missed a few games. Kyler Murray was right outside. Josh Allen, they were six, seven. Well, then really, who the hell am I missing? <laughs> but the point being is that the the quarterbacks that are in the top five last year, they all, except for Jameis Winston, have above average agility. Agility is a good predictive measure for mobility. And when it, with a quarterback, that's fantastic. That's what you want. You want them to be able to be agile, to get out of the pocket, to avoid tackles, to extend those plays, to rush. The quarterbacks that can do those type of things give you an advantage. Tom, Bra- or, Tom Brady was the number 12 quarterback last year, making him the last Q- QB1 of 2019. Deshaun Watson was the number five, okay? 
So you get those top five, the last of the top five, Deshaun Watson, scored an average of five points more than Tom Brady per game. And I know some people are probably sitting there thinking, well, what's the big deal with that? Because, okay, so you get Tom Brady instead of Deshaun Watson, then you're likely to get where you would draft Deshaun Watson, a running back or a receiver that would make up for those points. Ba, 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 Not so fast. Not so fast. Because I also looked into the top 12 running backs from last year and the top 12 wide receivers from last year. And do you know what I found? With the running backs, half of them were drafted later than the third round that were in the top 12. So half of the RB1s from 2019 were not drafted early. With the receivers, seven out of the 12 wide receivers were not drafted in the first few rounds. They were drafted after. Point being, you can get a fucking quarterback in the third round, get you a mobile quarterback that gives you an advantage, and you're not going to lose anything. You're not going to lose a bunch of of value, you're not going to lose much by skipping out on that running back or wide receiver in the third round because you can get one in the fourth, the fifth. You can get them later, okay? It's becoming more and more important, the quarterbacks. You look at Lamar Jackson. He was a fucking league winner. You could get him in the 11th, 12th round last year. And he was tearing it up. Yeah, like over a hundred more points. I'd have to look up here. One second. I got, I got it right here. Hold on. One second. <laughs> I got it right here. Hold on one second. He, he literally, where'd he go? Where'd he go? He had, well, look at this. Just rushing yards alone, Lamar Jackson had 1,206. The next closest for rushing yards Kyler Murray with 544, <laughs> at least of the top quarterbacks. Josh Allen had 510. Russell Wilson, 342. Deshaun Watson, 413. Dak Prescott, oh, Russell Wilson, that's the fourth guy I was thinking about. Dak Prescott, 277. So Dak Prescott's a little bit more down there, but he's still agile. And if you look at the high, the, the, the QBs with the high, higher ranked agility, you got... Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, these guys all have great agility, okay? Which leads me to believe, obviously, from what I've done, they're mobile. And if they're mobile, they give you all these added benefits. Now, the thing is, you can't do that in 2020. You grab one of these fucking guys, like in the double-digit rounds. I've done some drafts. You know, I'm... Not any redrafts, but I've done dynasty drafts. These top quarterbacks are going in the first four, five rounds. I mean, for sure, Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, Deshaun, they're gone. Russell Wilson's going a little bit later because he's a little bit older. But all these guys are going. You might be able to get Josh Allen a little bit later. And there's some guys with a little bit of mobile, like Gardner Minshew. He had a good amount of rushing yards last year. He's got that mobility factor 
So you can definitely grab a Gardner Minshew, but is he going to be a fucking league winner like a Lamar Jackson? Probably not. So that's my point. To get one of these, it really is an advantage to have one of these stud quarterbacks. But you can't get them late anymore. You just can't. The fantasy world has caught on to this idea that these are the quarterbacks that give you the best advantage. And you you have to get them before everybody else. With everybody coming to that realization, everybody's going to start going after them. I mean, shit, the first couple of Superflex drafts I did this year, they, they were all going super early. And so this recent, this most recent one I did, I said, man, I am coming out of this fucking year with Kyler Murray in at least one of my fucking leagues. And so I got in a 12-team Superflex, started a 12-team Superflex, tight end premium, and I'm sitting there with the 11th pick. So I have almost back-to-back picks. And in the first round, I went Kyler Murray. Why? Because at that point... You're not getting one of the top running backs. And to me, the wide receivers left on the board, hmm, Chris Godwin was my favorite. And I'm looking at the running backs, and I'm like, I got ideas for running backs. I don't need one right this second. If you're in a position like that, fuck yeah. Do what you got to do. And I went Kyler Murray just to make sure I got him in a league. And the draft has played out well for me. And we'll get into that in the close of the pod. I'll talk about my team a little, my draft a little bit. But yeah, it's just, sorry, wrong page. (laughs) But it's crazy. It it really is. The the evolution of fantasy, when you look at it, how many things change. I mean, remember, it wasn't that too long ago that zero RB was a good strategy. But you look at it now, and man, you have to at least get one solid running back. But you don't have to go crazy. I, you know, there's a lot of talk of the robust RB, and it, it's not a bad strategy. But I just feel like, even with the depth of wide receiver, because you can get dudes, plenty of good, solid guys that could pop, that could be consistent for, you can get them in later round. You don't have to draft them early. There is support for a robust RB strategy. But the, what I've been using this off, Offseason has been more of a modified zero RB strategy, and we're going to actually talk about that next pod on Monday or Tuesday. We'll see how the weekend goes, but my early pod next week will be on the modified zero RB, and I'll kind of explain a little bit behind that as I'm telling you about uh, my recent draft later. But back to the quarterback discussion, I do think it's important because you can't, you can't get those guys later. Now, again, a little bit later, you can get a Gardner Minshew, and I think Joe Burrow is one that you might be able to sneak by with, although he's going pretty early in Dynasty, but maybe in a redraft because he could come out and have a very good first year, and he's got some mobility himself. So it's what I'm looking for, I guess, from now on in quarterbacks. Do you have that mobility? Are you agile? What's your agility score? If you've got a high agility score, I'm going to assume you're fairly mobile, and I'm going to assume you can use that on the field playing quarterback. Like a Mahomes, like a Mahomes, they all use it differently. Mahomes is kind of like that Russell Wilson, that Aaron Rodgers, where they're going to be able to use that mobility to get out the pocket, extend plays, find those open receivers downfield, because the receivers know, hey, if shit breaks down, my quarterback's going to run around, so I need to keep running around and try and get open. 
Then you got to fuck. Same thing with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, but they, then some of these guys can really take off and rush like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. So you, you've got all of this bonus stuff that comes in with that you don't get necessarily with a Tom Brady, a Phillip Rivers, because they're just going to, a Kirk Cousins, this is the biggest fucking Kirk Cousins, who will sit there and if shit don't work out, he's either taking the sack or throwing the ball away. He's not going to try and extend plays. He's not going to rush very often. Like, he's going to try and go for the play. And if the play doesn't work out, he's likely to say, F it, let's fight another day. But not guys like Kyler, Russ, no. They're going to try and make magic happen. And that's becoming more and more important in fantasy football. You're so much better off having a Deshaun Watson or a Kyler Murray than a Kirk Cousins or a Phillip Rivers. And the, 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 the advantage is clear, and it's there. Again, the problem is it's hard to get those guys now later in the draft. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth sacrificing a third or fourth round pick, one of those running backs or receivers you really like? Is it worth sacrificing that? to get one of these advantageous mobile quarterbacks? To me, the answer is fuck yes. And I've already outlined why. There's plenty of running backs, plenty of receivers you can get later on. And I'm not saying go draft Pat Mahomes in the first. But aim to get one of these top, you know, six, seven quarterbacks. And if you can do that, you're going to have an advantage. So that's, that's what I got for you with that. I mean, I don't think, especially think about this. Superflex, it's even more important. Because you want, you don't want, you definitely don't want like Gardner Minshew and Drew Locke as, as your two main quarterback, right? No, you want to make sure you get one of them. And then, then if you get a Kyler Murray, like I did recently, then you can kind of chill and wait because the, it's super flex. Yeah, you want to have QBs, but also you can put other players in that second QB spot or the super flex spot. So it's not the end all be all that you get a million fucking quarterbacks. If you can get one of those stud ones, you can you then have the luxury of attacking running back wide receiver and tight end if you wish and then picking up a second third quarterback later on. I just think it's the way to go. And especially, think about this. COVID, man. COVID. That's going to be around. It's going to cause issues in football. Players will miss time this year due to COVID. As I talked about on the last pod, this is important when thinking about if you're a commissioner, how to set up your leagues. Do you want more bench spots, more IR spots? You got to think about that stuff. Because there's a good chance that like, Players that are not fantasy relevant right now could become fantasy relevant at some point in the season if players start getting sick. And so to me, it just makes sense if you can have like this, this would this would be my ideal if you're starting out. Those first three rounds, okay, you get yourself running back, wide receiver, quarterback. That's that's what I'm doing. And then I'm coming back the fourth round and I'm grabbing another receiver because they're still in the fourth round potential player, potential wide receivers that could end up wide receiver one. As I said, 
Seven out of the 12 receivers from 2019 were drafted after the third round. So you look at that as a whole and you say, okay, if I go, hmm, let's just say, say you got like the fourth pick. Or let's say you got the seventh pick. And you go in and you get yourself, let's say, let's say someone like a uh, Dalvin Cook still sitting there at seven. You grab yourself Dalvin Cook. And then you come back in round two and grab yourself Chris Godwin. And then you've got, boom, a RB1 and a wide receiver one. Bam, right there. Nice starting core. And then the third round you come and you grab yourself a Kyler Murray, a Deshaun Watson, someone like that. So you have that stud mobile quarterback. And then after that, bam, fourth round. Fifth round, just start attacking those running backs and receivers. Make sure to pop yourself a nice tight end in there. And I highly recommend TJ Hawkinson because of all the goddamn drafts I've done this offseason, nobody gives a fuck about him. I keep getting him in all my startup drafts because nobody else cares about him. I'm getting him in all of them. And it's insane to me because if you look, Matthew Stafford is going to throw the ball. He has Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, and I like a couple of the other guys, particularly Travis Fulgham. But TJ Hawkinson is going to come in and bust ass. He was actually looking pretty good last year, and then he got hurt. I don't understand why everybody's sleeping on Hawk. But that's fine for me because, like I said, I got him. I got him in a couple leagues. Because people just, they, I, they're down on him. I don't get it. But that's okay with me. So that's my point. I, I just think the quarterback position is evolved. It's more important than it used to be, and it's more important to get one of the top ones than it used to be. So I would very much suggest, and like I said, giving you know the depth and value that the other positions now provide, it makes total sense to go after that stud mobile QB in the third or fourth round. Because then you're going to, the, the, the idea is you could possibly bring yourself to a team, you know, you draft this team that's very well-rounded instead of, you know, I'm really good at running back, but receiver, you, you go and get that stud quarterback. You could potentially build yourself just an all-round studded team, okay? So that's the, the, there's ways to do this and there's ways to make it work. And I think it's very possible. And shit, I've been making it work all off season. So with that said, let's take a quick break. We'll get into the closing segment of the show to close up shop. And we'll do a little chatting about my most recent Superflex draft because it does pertain to this QB situation. I've already kind of told you what I did, but we're going to get into it. I'm going to tell you a little bit more. And then that's going to lead us into our discussion next pod, next week of modified zero RB, which is a strategy I am pushing very much in 2020. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Game over, man. Game over. Game over, man. Game over. Yes, welcome to the closing segment. I'm going to close this shit down. But uh, before we do, just quick, like I mentioned earlier, baseball is supposed to be coming back. 60-game season, which is going to be interesting because, you know, baseball is like three times as long as that. So it's going to be interesting because you think a lot about baseball. Well, I guess, honestly, I don't think a lot about baseball ever 
because I just haven't been into it. I liked playing it when I was younger. I liked watching it when I was younger. And it's sometimes enjoyable to go to a game, or was, uh, to just go to the ballpark and watch a baseball game. But uh, it's, it's definitely lots of appeal to me as it has to many others. But it is coming back. And in a shortened season, it's going to be interesting because in a regular season with a, you know, three times the amount of games by the 60 game point, you don't really know, you know, who's, who's the, the cream of the crop. And so it'll be interesting to see how this shortened season plays out. We could have a very wild season uh, with baseball. So I might tune in because it might be kind of interesting because it's going to be very much um, a race to the finish, as they say, which is one of the stupidest cliches in my opinion. But I do, do, do think it makes sense and applies here because it's not going to be that normal grind of the football se- or baseball season. It's going to be a... Hey, Shorten 60 games, we got to bust ass and, you know, win as many of these fuckers as we can so we can get in the postseason and try and get a chip out of this shortened ass season. So the baseball might be a little interesting if they can pull off coming back. NHL and the NBA, hmm, players are concerned. And you got to think about it. The NBA plans to go to what fucking Disney World, which is in Florida, and that place is ravaged right now with the virus. So it's it's very interesting. You've got hockey players and baseball players, football players, baseball all coming up with COVID, and and you know it's the idea of finally getting stuff to watch is so nice, but it just feels like in this country. I mean, you see, many other countries are in awe of us. They they feel like we've given up because we just we're. Uh, uh, our rates are so much higher than everywhere else. And, you know, the, the deaths are going to start falling, man. It's, gonna, it's just we're getting all these spikes of cases now and people are going to start dying. It's just it's not good. And so but the, the America keeps churning along because sports got to make their money and people want something to watch. And so we'll see what happens, man, because I would love to have sports back. I would love to watch it, but I don't want any athletes or anybody to die because of it. And I certainly, you know, don't want them forcing it if they shouldn't be. So it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. We'll see if we get some sports here next month because every, every, every all the sports is supposed to, is supposed to, excuse me, <laughs> start hitting and, and getting going next month. Right? So you know, training camps for baseball, for all sports, really, are going to be happening in July. And then we're going to start getting games in July, supposedly. And then football will return in September. So it's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see. I would love to have sports to watch. But I can't help but wonder if, even if they pull off coming back, if they're actually going to be able to finish. It's going to be crazy going to be crazy. And I mentioned I would discuss my draft a little bit. And by the way, I hope everybody has a grand old time doing any drafts you may be involved in this weekend. I wish you all of the luck. But we'll talk about, you know, what I've been doing in mine. In mine. Because I'm very, very happy with the team I have. So basically, I kind of did the... Well, it's the modified modified zero RB strategy that I'm going to kind of get into later, which I talked about. And it's really, it's really, I, I really like how my team turned out by doing what I did. So I had the 11th pick in a 12-team Superflex tight end premium draft. 
Snaked, of course. So I had the 111 and the 2-2. And I went Kyler Murray, Chris Godwin. So I got my my stud quarterback, stud mobile quarterback. Very young. It's a dynasty league, so I went very young. And then I have, in my opinion, one of the top three receivers in the NFL, Chris Godwin. Came back to me. I grabbed J.K. Dobbins. Now, I wanted to get Jonathan Taylor. He went a couple picks before me, so I was a little disappointed in that. But I grabbed J.K. Dobbins. And then when it came back around again, I grabbed D.J. Moore. So my first four picks are just as I said. I got my quarterback. I got potentially an RB1. Now I know J.K. Dobbins is a rookie. And let's face it, a lot of running backs on that Ravens team. But by next year, that's J.K. Dobbins' backfield. So maybe I have to wait a year, but that's okay. I got me a stud young RB. Then I came around my next couple of picks, and bam, Darius Geis and DJ Turk. So then I've got bam, 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 because I'm still a big believer in guys. Now, maybe the Redskins like some of their running backs, and they say they're going to, Adrian Peterson is going to fall off a cliff sometime. I don't feel like Bryce Love is all that special, and I like Antonio Gibson, but are they going to truly run him out there as a running back? Are they going to put him at – they don't have shit for receivers. They could put him at receiver like he should be. I mean, there's a million things to happen with that backfield. But if guys can stay healthy, he's the best back there. And even if they like some other backs, maybe they trade him. I don't know, but I'm very confident in guys. And then DJ Chark. It was a tough one because I was looking at him. I was looking at T, Terry McLaurin, a couple other guys. But when it came down to it, when it came down to it, I had to go DJ Chark. A little bit younger, a little bit more of a that number one person. Yes, the Jags got LaVisca Chenault. I get it. And, you know, I'm a little more, uh, have a little more faith in Minshew than Dwayne Haskins. So it, I was definitely fighting between McLaurin, DJ Chark, and I feel like there might have been another one right in there. But I ended up going DJ Chark. So I got the two DJs, DJ Moore, DJ Chark. And then, and then... It comes back around to me, and I go two times in a row, I go quarterback tight end. And I went Teddy Bridgewater and TJ Hawkinson. And then I came back around and got Dwayne Haskins and Mike Gusecki. So now in a tight end premium super flex league, I have two potential type tight top 10 tight ends, and they're both young as shit. Gusecki's 24, Hawkinson 22. So now I'm sitting here, and my starting lineup has Kyler Murray, Teddy Bridgewater, Darius Geis. Well, I had J.K. Dobbins in there, but I switched him for Duke Johnson, who I grabbed later on in the draft. Chris Godwin, D.J. Moore, D.J. Chark, T.J. Hawkinson, Mike Gusecki. That's my starting lineup. Woo. Then on the bench, I have Dwayne Haskins, who I mentioned, and, and J.K. Dobbins, who I mentioned. But then I started attacking. Now, I did it. I ended up doing it. Just a couple rounds too early. But I wanted to attack rookie wide receiver and running back. Because you notice late in the draft, there's always, you know, it gets to a certain point where you start to see, you know, a lot of the more high-end starters and stuff. They're starting, they're, they've pretty much been taken. So now you get into the upside, guys. And a lot of people start attacking the rookies right then. And I had made a judgment that, hey, this is the spot. And there were still some guys I liked on the board that would have been helpful for my team. But I was at a spot where I was like, I think 
they're going to start hitting these rookies soon. So I grabbed Joshua Kelly and Denzel Mims. And then it was a couple rounds later when people started hitting the rookies. So I might have been able to get a couple uh, other guys and still get Joshua Kelly and Denzel Mims later. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, but it worked out the way it did. So, hey, it happens. I misjudged a little bit. But I'm still happy because then I came back right around. And I got Damian Harris. Mm -hmm. And I got Hunter Renfro. And Sammy Watkins and Duke Johnson, that pick. And I picked Sammy Watkins in part because at all the receivers in that spot, a lot of high, like high upside type of guys left. But Sammy Watkins, I know, is going to at least have some consistency and he's going to have, you know, some dead games. But he's also on a one year contract. He looked really good at the end of last year, really looked like he was clicking with Mahomes. And you got to remember, he missed some time last year and Patrick Mahomes missed some time last year. And then you got to think about, hey, what happens if something with it? There's still Tyreek Hill. He's still one to kind of get in trouble. What happens if he gets in trouble? I mean, there's a lot of things to look at. And so I'm looking at it as Sammy Watkins can help my team this year. But if he has an, uh, like an exceptional year, fuck, he's only 27. He'll be appealing. I'll be able to trade him, flip him for something. So I felt like that was a good pick. But you see what I did? I, I feel like I have a fairly good team. It's got depth, right? I've got some studs on there, high upside guys. And right now, that's all I'm doing is trying to hit high upside. Usually, that's what I try and fill my bench with. And I hit a Duke Johnson because my top two running backs were Darius Geis, who's got health risk, and J.K. Dobbins, who's a rook. So I went with Duke Johnson to make sure I had some some level of consistency there and the potential for it because that dude's only 27 still, too. And he has the potential if David Johnson just continues to look bad or gets hurt again, Duke Johnson has the potential to be amazing in that Texans offense because they have shit else behind those two guys, the two Johnsons. So that's how I went. And then everything else, like I said, is upside. Hunter Renfro, Denzel Mims, Joshua Kelly, Damian Harris, upside. That's the way I like to play it. So I feel pretty good about my team right now because I have a lot of young talented pieces, a lot of upside, and then I got a couple of, uh, you know, vets who aren't super old. They can help bring some consistency, consistency to my team, and hey, if a lot of my other guys fire, then fuck, those are a couple of guys, Duke and Sammy, that I could potentially sell away for picks, so it's a lot of good stuff to like about my team. I'm really happy with it, and there's still some guys out there that I really like, um, and part of it is because there's, there's a couple teams on here that have really have the same mindset as me. So they I've gotten a couple players sniped. But there's also some ridiculous guys that have fallen to me because, because of some of the moves that some other teams have made. Uh, one in particular seems to just be all in for this year because he's drafting a lot of uh, older guys. Lots of A.J. Greens and T.Y. Hiltons and... <laughs> Ah, it should be. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting league, I must say. But that's what I got for you. That's how my draft is going so far. And like I said, it kind of shows you a little bit of the, the importance, like I said, of the QB, of, of what I'm doing with that, and then the modified 0RB, which I will get into in greater detail next week. On the next pod. That's right, that's right. 
So don't forget to get out in the sun a little bit, but try not to do it around a bunch of people. Social distance. Be safe. Wear that fucking mask. Come on, people. Have a great weekend. Get some sun, but for fuck's sake, do it safely. Right? The more this fucking thing ravages our country, the less likely it is we get any fucking sports. And I wish the dumbasses... Without Matt, I mean, I can't say all of them care about sports anyway, so, but. (laughs) (sighs) Crazy world. Crazy world we live in. But that's what I got for you. That's what I got. Do not forget to check out my Twitters at RMK Madness. Don't forget to give me a follow. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Download all that good stuff when it comes to the pods. Check out all my content on Twitter. I'll have a new article out. For playerprofiler.com, either today or Monday, depending on when it gets published. Actually, I could check real quick. Maybe, maybe Ray Ray got that out already. Maybe it's out right now. Maybe Ray Ray got that shit taken care of. Nope, check the Twitter. Not yet, not yet. It should be up there today or Monday, depending. So, check out all that stuff. I hope everybody has a great weekend. As always, be safe, be vigilant. Much love to you all. Laters. Welcome to the show, the Manchester.